I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Welcome to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cult Popshop Podcast. You're speaking with uh, Richard. And AJ. And uh, today we've got a very special guest. This is the big one. This is... (laughs) Undecided voter, Kenneth, Ken Bone Bone. How you doing, Ken? I'm doing real well, guys. How about you? Uh, we, we're great, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Also, and so, uh, as per Ken's request, we always let our guests um, choose if they if they, if they like. We uh, watch the franchise, The Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ken, you're, you're a, are you a fan of these movies from way back? Oh, yeah, fantastic movies. Uh, I've been, I watched it the first time, I think, 12 years ago, the first one, when it was relatively new. Uh, <laughs> I've been a big fan ever since. Yeah, because these, these movies, especially the first one, didn't have a, um, didn't do too well in the cinemas, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, as, and it's it made all its money on home video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those kind of sleeper hits. So, had you heard of it when it first came out? And uh, no, a friend of mine uh, from work, when I was working my way through school as a pizza delivery guy, recommended it to me. <laughs> uh, it was it had already been kind of an underground cult hit by then, and he was a big fan. Yeah, it's kind of it's that kind of movie though, isn't it? That you, um, it's, it's it, I feel like it, it would always be. Oh yeah, I feel like the a friend told me to watch it while I was working as a pizza delivery guy as probably a lot of people's experience with this movie <laughs> I don't think they had a lot of money for advertising I yeah. think the budget for this movie was probably about $40 and they spent it all on bullets they, they probably they probably factored in pizza delivery word of mouth into the, <laughs> yeah, into the, into the budget if they just tell a small sector of pizza delivery guys soon they will all know because yeah I'd never re- I think I'd heard the name I'd heard the word boondock I don't know <laughs> I can't remember if I'd heard of it before but no this, this is my first time I'm watching them. Mm, yeah, it was my first time seeing them as well. So thanks, Ken, thank you, Ken, for uh, introducing that to us. I'm happy to. It's uh, currently about um, seven a.m. here in New Zealand. Uh, so it's <laughs> <laughs> to paint a picture. What time is it over there, Ken? It's two in the afternoon here in the Midwestern U.S. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in very different headspaces, but we're trying to to get into the same one, trying so to, we can trying to find a healthy middle ground. Yeah, so we can talk about. The Boondock Saints. Well, the just so boom. that we could be on equal footing, I slept until one thirty. You know, just so we could be on the same day. <laughs> um, so, just quickly, uh, you know, a bit of uh, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boondock Saints. It has two films in it. Yeah. Uh, there's The Boondock Saints, released in 1999, uh, and The Boondock Saints Two: All Saints Day. Uh, both directed by Troy Duffy. Sorry, the second one came out in uh, 2009. Oh, yeah. uh, so 10 year difference is interesting um, and they star Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead uh, you might know him Sean Patrick Flattery from The Boondock Saints um, <laughs> nothing else Willem Dafoe and Billy Connolly um, and um, uh, Ursula from George of the Jungle yep she's in them <laughs> that's as she will forever be known her most <laughs> famous role yeah um 
So, Ken, what we normally talk about first is, do you do you have a favourite? Uh, I think the first one is my favourite. I mean, the second yeah. one is uh, is still a fun time to watch, but there's a, a noticeable drop in quality. That's probably why it took ten years to get made. <laughs> I think the, the second one, ah, just it had like <laughs> twenty minutes tacked on the end. <laughs> Yeah. I was so ready to end watching that movie and then it just kept going. Oh, definitely. There was there was resolution to the story and they caught the guy who shot the priest and the movie was essentially over and they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, there's yeah. an even bigger badder guy so that we can have another gunfight. Turns out we had a hundred bucks left over in the budget, so we want to do another scene. Especially when the first one ends so abruptly mm. that's like I didn't realize that was the climax of the film until it was over and I was like, oh, I guess that was the climax. Mm. So for those of you listening uh, who haven't seen the Boondock Saints, um, basically they are about, the first one is about two uh, Irish, uh, what would you call them? Twins. Twin? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was thinking like hoodlum. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're from the, they're cold, 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 they're gold-hearted but from the wrong side of the tracks. Right. Uh, and they live in Boston, in, what, in an area I can only assume is referred to as the Boondocks. <laughs> um, and they uh, they find out, they, they feel they get a message from God one day to take out all the mob bosses in Boston. And so that's roughly the plot of the, of the first one. And Willem Dafoe plays a detective who is after them. But also kind of helping them. Yeah, but yeah, sort of sort of learns to love them. Yeah. Spoilers for the Boondock Saints. <laughs> They'll be rampant throughout the um, podcast. And then the second one is set, I believe, eight years later, was it? Uh, yeah, it's set eight years later, released ten years later. Right, um, and that's about the Boondock Saints, as they've come to be known, have uh, disappeared for a number of years. Eight, probably, specifically. <laughs> um, and they turn up again... Um, well, they turn up again because a priest gets shot and is his body is like presented in the same manner that all the Boondock Saints murders were murders. Yeah, I guess it's still executions. Murder. Executions, um, and so everyone thinks that the Boondock Saints are back and now they're murdering innocent people, um, and they sort of turn up again to clear their name. That's one of the stories of Boondock Saints too, All Saints Day. There's also Billy Connolly, who's their dad. Um, I think <laughs> he has like this whole flashback story where you learn about a bit another bad guy, and that's sort of where the film ends. Yeah, yeah. would you say that's <laughs> succinct enough, Ken? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, Billy Connolly's uh, part in the Boondock Saints too. As much as I love Billy Connolly, <laughs> that was what really dragged the film down. Yeah. Is the just horribly, horribly done flashback scenes trying to emulate the godfather part two yeah, yeah only totally. with this really really cheap looking instagram filter quality to all of the, <laughs> the camera work i love that was, the the creative forces behind this film felt that their film was as prestigious as the godfather and that billy connolly and whoever played young billy connolly were the equivalent of marlon brando and robert de niro <laughs> like yes this is our godfather when I, think, when I think of that i try to just remind myself that uh the writer uh of the the guy who wrote the screenplay for the first one and came up with the concept and produced it david del Rocco, yeah. played David Delarocco. So we're talking about a guy who wrote a story with a character named after himself, <laughs> who he then played. 
Oh so it, it's not going to be the most sophisticated that, film in that, the world. That makes a lot of sense. Um, on the back of the DVD that we rented <laughs> to watch the first one, it has like a real like shitty explanation for what the movie is about. And then it says something like, with flavours from Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, the Boondock Saints is the movie Quentin Tarantino could have directed. Which is the worst like, <laughs> way to like, summarise a film. Like people, like it's like Quentin Tarantino wishes he directed this film. Yeah, it's not as good as a Quentin Tarantino movie, but it sure feels like it's trying to be one. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Quentin a good Tarantino way. also, Quentin Tarantino also could have directed my wedding film if he wanted to. <laughs> but, uh, but he didn't. But yeah. unfortunately he passed on both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He had other projects going on, I think. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think Quentin Tarantino could have directed this film. I think the film wishes. I would love to see Quentin Tarantino's version because it's a cool idea. Yeah, that's true. Um, and executed a little bit better. I think it mm. just it wasn't very self aware. Yeah, I feel like if you had told me we were going to watch a movie about um, two Irish guys in Boston who decide to kill every member of the mob. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds cool. That what sounds a fun like, romp. Yeah, that sounds like John Wick or something like that. But it took itself very seriously. <laughs> I, I felt so anyway. It, there's a like, I feel like Willem Dafoe probably knew what was going on. Yeah, but... and he, he handed up a bit. <laughs> and good on him. So how old would you have been when you saw this for the first time, Ken? Uh, let's see. I saw it the first time. I would that I would guess in probably 2003 mm-hmm. when I would have been... Uh, 22 or 23 right. right so yeah just 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 a bit younger than, than we are now so you'd think that it'd be same kind of demographic like once you once you get to that age you um you watch the boondock saints and you mm. and you love it we not so much fans of the film oh uh, yeah like oh, I absolutely think i can definitely understand i can understand why people like the first one i think yeah um, I can, I could, I know a hundred kids from my high school who I could recommend the first one to, and they all owned katanas and tried, <laughs> tried to learn like dialects of Japanese, and yeah. they were you, angry. Richard. You have, you have perfectly described the person that recommended this movie to me. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say we perfectly described you at twenty-two, which would have been a hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I, I probably wasn't much better, but uh, it. Well, yeah, so, we had uh, we were very poor, and there was a, a movie store in town that would rent this movie to us for fifty cents. So it was fifty cents worth of a good time for sure. Yeah, well, I, yeah, <laughs> they should be the um, when they re-release the Blu-ray. Yeah, the, the like the quote on the cover: "Ken Bone, fifty cents of good times." <laughs> oh, absolutely, worth fifty cents. So They're considering making another one, I'll be in it if they want. <laughs> oh my gosh, you actually probably could get in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the type of movie and you're exactly the, ty- the type of like celebrity <laughs> that would wind up in it yeah. it's so great man you should you should aim for it I want to be one of the 60 hapless minions who get shot without realising what's going on yeah. who react I want to react uh, I want to react 45 seconds after getting shot oh yeah I noticed that as well. They're like, especially they play a couple of scenes back in slow-mo and you're just seeing all these extras miss their like squibs hmm. and they're like pop <laughs> but um, another weird celebrity, one of this like the strange um, celebrity that pops on the first one is Ron Jeremy's in it. Who's Ron Jeremy? Ron Jeremy, Ken, do you know who Ron Jeremy is? Oh, certainly. Not. I had never heard of him before this film. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Veron Jeremy is um, probably one of, one of, if not the world's most famous male porn star. Um, but like, if you were to draw or describe a male porn star, like he's what you'd draw. He's like, he's just disgust. He's got a mustache. He's got the long hair. He just looks disgusting. <laughs> and, and like, it, 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 when he popped up in the film, I was like, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And- one of the great things is Ron Jeremy does a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews and things. And if you listen to any of them, anytime they mention him trying to get into like non-porn <laughs> acting, he talks about this movie. It's like one of his proudest. 18 years later, he's talking about this gem that he was in for six minutes. <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on and talk yeah, about Yeah, get Ron Jeremy. <laughs> what franchise would we watch with Ron Jeremy? Oh, I probably can't say its name. <laughs> I don't want to say it in front of Ken. <laughs> um, so the Rotten Tomato scores, um, just you know, for for other critics. So mm-hmm. would you say the first is your favorite as well? Yeah, I don't think I liked either of them. Yeah, the, the, the first was the one yeah, I found the easiest to watch. I thought, and um, so the the Rotten Tomato scores for this, these ones are really interesting. So the first one has a critic score of twenty mm-hmm. and an audience score of ninety-one, which is the third largest difference between the two. What's the first? The first one that is sounds a, about right. There's a film called Red, which has 91 percent um, audience score and zero percent critics. So that's a 91 percent difference. Um, a film called America has a 20 has an 80 percent difference, uh, and yeah, Boondock Saints is third with a 71 percent difference. That's so interesting. Yeah, and it makes so much sense. Yeah, but it's funny that like the Boondock Saints is the one of the quintessential cr- like critics versus audience films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day has a um, critic score of 23. So critics preferred the second one <laughs> by 3% and um, an audience score of 56. Yeah. That's 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 some of the most accurate summations that I think I've heard on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. My biggest issue with the first one anyway, the second one, the second one's definitely a, a better made film in terms of like the technical side. Um, because... I think Boondock Saints might be one of the worst edited films I've ever seen. Every like it's like confusing scene transitions. The movie because ninety percent of the scenes end with a fade to black. There's it's so hard to tell like passage of time. You'll you'll be like in a in a, a church or something, and then it'll fade to black and it'll come up as the same characters at home. And it's just kind of like the scene didn't really end beforehand, and you're just like what. Where are we right now? Yeah. What, what the, is happening? Of the director like, how, how do we get to the next scene? Yeah. Fade to black. I really feel like Troy Duffy was surprised that he was able to get Willem Dafoe in this movie, <laughs> and he did not account for that. He did not account for it budget-wise, so he wasn't able to spring for Adobe Premiere Plus. You know, he had to settle. <laughs> on the trial I, I love watching the credits. It's written by Troy Duffy, directed by Troy Duffy, screenplay by Troy Duffy. The first name that appears in the credits that is not Troy Duffy is his wife, Taylor Duffy. <laughs> I, I think uh, Taylor Duffy's his brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whoever it is, it's the only the non-Troy Duffy person in the first uh, in the first about two minutes worth of credits in the second film. So I'll just quickly touch on the editor, and then I've got I've got a bit to say about Troy Duffy. Okay. Um, so the editor Bill Deronda, um, you might recognise. Um, he's also edited the Comedy Central roast of Rob Lowe, the Comedy Central roast of James Franco, <laughs> the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump. 
The list goes on. He's only directed, he's only edited two films though. Boondock Saints and Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. <laughs> Why? Why? So he's, he, he edited all of the Comedy Central roasts and then he's done a few stand-ups, he's done a few episodes of American Idol, yeah. but um, only two films. I thought you were going to tell me that he edits Ron Jeremy's films. It would have made a lot of sense as well because it is kind of... it's The editing in this movie is a cross between how you'd edit a porn and how you'd edit a movie trailer but not like the yeah, action packed parts of a movie trailer like the quiet parts where they're like you know in the new Fast 8 trailer how he's like we're family and then like fades to them in the ice and then it fades back and they're like and da 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 you betray your family that's what this movie's edited like just the, the, <laughs> the scenes of the are Fast 8 trailer <laughs> um, so have you ever heard of a film Ken called um, Overnight it's a documentary I've heard it I've not seen it because right, yeah I, I watched it I stayed up late last night and watched it as um, additional research for the podcast <laughs> um, so Overnight tells the story of um, Troy Duffy who wrote and directed these films mm-hmm. um, and basically he was handed the world on a silver platter and he this is my, my pitch mm-hmm. he has pl- handed the world on a silver platter and he said this isn't good enough the guy is a total prick <laughs> like he so he worked he was a bartender working at a bar and he wrote um, The Boondock Saints with his, with his friend um, who Ken mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and um, just in his breaks he rented a computer and then this is like beautiful Hollywood success story yeah. so this guy Troy Duffy rents a computer to write Boondock Saints in his break because he, he gets this this vision he gets this idea and then um, somehow Harvey Weinstein comes across the script pays him $300,000 to get the script and buys the bar that he works in to give it to Troy Duffy beautiful story um you know newspapers are running troy duffy the most exciting new voice in hollywood Mm -hmm. troy duffy like hollywood's new it boy kind of thing and then this this documentary tells the story of this guy who just gets this ego inflated he was already like a dickhead and he's bragging and over a smoke about like oh yeah these guys come in they're all wearing suits and i i rock in there i'm in my overalls i'm hungover you know they like me because i don't give a shit kind of thing and then it's like "Mm, you're not coming across as a great person troy do you think he owned a katana definitely <laughs> but but not in the sense that like he loves Japanese culture it's more like you come to my house you get the katana oh, right, right you know like he, he, he believes it's threatening anyway so this guy over the course imagine like any one of us getting the chance to direct a film yeah. and then within a week saying things like um, when you know people are like oh you know who, who are you going to cast He's, he goes oh no Keanu Reeves is a fucking punk <laughs> Ethan Hawke there's a talentless fool and then and calling Kenneth Branagh the c-word oh my god like just because he's like and, he, and he's like no I don't want Brad Pitt he's already played an Irishman and and all this stuff and so he went on and so um, all I want Norman actors, Reedus rising want, star Norman Reedus <laughs> um, and then eventually um, and oh, and uh, Ewan McGregor he met with Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. who would have been good, pretty good in these films I, yeah, I think um, he met with him uh, they got drunk together got into a fight over the death penalty and Ewan McGregor pulled out <laughs> what side do you think <laughs> two guesses to what side <laughs> Troy Duffy was on when talking about the death penalty <laughs> um, see now I'm trying to imagine this movie with like Ewan McGregor and Kenneth Branagh the McManus brothers well, and how Branagh, different a film it would have been I think Kenneth Branagh was looked at for um, Smeaker's character who was Willem Dafoe's character um, <laughs> the studio wanted Sylvester Stallone to play him because um, they already had a relationship with him um, or Bill Murray or Mike Myers uh, he met with um, Patrick Mike Swayze uh, Robert De Niro 
Kenneth Branagh and Spacey and Kevin Spacey oh, and they were passed. Mike Myers in 1999 surely would have been closer in age to Ewan McGregor than... No, this is to play Smeaker. Oh, and Ewan McGregor was to play um, right. to play one of the boys. Uh, the boys. Um, but yeah, they also looked at... Um, who else? Uh, Stephen Dorff, Brendan Fraser um, to play brothers. Um, poor poor the... Brendan Fraser. One day. <sighs> one day, Brendan. Uh, so... Yeah, basically, um, and then one day, um, Troy Duffy gets in a fight with um, Harvey Weinstein over the phone, and Harvey says, you know what, I gave, I, the Harvey giveth, the Harvey taketh away, <laughs> and, he's, and he pulls out, because um, Troy had, had negotiated a deal to direct the film and everything like that as well, mm-hmm. and then, so what was once Hollywood's hottest script was then blacklisted from being made, because Harvey Weinstein didn't want it made, and then a... Because that was Miramax, and then a, a production company called Franchise Pictures mm-hmm. picked up the film, made it, and then once it was made, um, he it got shopped around a bunch of different festivals to be bought, mm-hmm. and no one bought it. No one wanted the film anymore. Uh, and then eventually, a film uh, a company did buy it. It ran in five theaters in the US for seven days. So the film was made with a budget of six million dollars and made a total of thirty thousand dollars. In the box office. <laughs> this is so funny. Thank you for suggesting this, Ken. <laughs> this is, this has been one of the most interesting franchises we've ever covered. Just because it's so funny. <laughs> so, like, I would recommend the documentary overnight because it is the story of this guy who becomes an overnight success and says, "No, nah, fuck you. That's not good enough." <laughs> and then he he never worked again until he. So the, the film made thirty thousand dollars. Norman Reedus, Willem Dafoe, Sean Patrick Flattery, Troy Duffy. None of them saw a cent of that. None of them got paid for this movie. What? They had to. Uh, he had to sue Franchise Pictures to get any money, um, and the rights to the sequel. And then he was like, ten years later, he's like, I'm making it. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the behind the scenes of this movie is so interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and and. and you watch the movie, you see Troy Duffy, and you're like, yes, this is the guy who would make Boondock Saints. <laughs> I'm just amazed. When Harvey Weinstein doesn't want a film made, the fact that he got it into five theaters is an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harvey I'm, Weinstein it, like, is Hollywood in some respects. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm torn between not liking this guy and kind of liking this guy. Cause it's Troy like, Duffy. Or? Yeah, Troy Duffy. Because it's like, man, <laughs> you like messed with the bull. Got the horns. Still made your movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Still was still a cult following. Like, it's, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But he, he's kind of like because um, we with Josh Trank. You know Josh Trank, Ken? Uh, no, I don't think I do. So he directed a film called Chronicle, which is pretty highly regarded amongst critics. And then um, and then he was attached to the Fantastic Four reboot. Everyone was excited about it, and then they saw some footage from it. And then there was a lot of studio interference. And Josh Trank, uh, while making it, was even attached to. Um, a Star Wars film and a so Boba Fett one? potentially a Boba Fett film and so um, he uh, and then he basically just went nuts said you know studio screwed me over everyone's a jerk I'm the greatest um, and a lot of people are saying is Josh Trank the next Troy Duffy because <laughs> he made, but then I'd say Chronicle's probably a better film <laughs> Chronicle's a better film than Boondock Saints and Fantastic Four's a worse film than Boondock Saints so yeah, who yeah. knows at this point yeah well I mean I guess Chronicles Max Landis' script as well mm. uh, I very nearly suggested Fantastic Four as the fan franchise for this episode uh, that but that would have meant I had to watch all the films <laughs> so I didn't want to do that because we would have made you watch the, um, the 94 I don't Roger think you can one. find that one that's yeah. on YouTube I'm pretty is sure. it yeah <laughs> we have to watch every yeah. failed attempt at creating 
a Fantastic Four film. <laughs> hey, we just did the oh. Divergent series last time as well, and that was pretty similar in terms of... Um, oh, the Divergent series. A series of films where the special female character, the thing that is special about her is that she's a person. <laughs> That's it. That's... Have, you seen, have you seen them, Ken? I saw the first one, and by the time it got to the end, I'm like, so, so wait, your special deal is that you're a teenage girl who has conflicting emotions? <laughs> this is the worst. So, like, I can't believe this schlock got made. I, I, this is, I, I don't hate Twilight as much as, I, as a lot of other people do, but yeah. watching Divergent made me hate Twilight for enabling Divergent to get made. <laughs> this is very relevant to our most recent Yeah, recent that, that's, that's very much sheer our sentiments. <laughs> that, that, and, and, oh, like, because do you know what's happened with the fourth film? I had heard that it might go straight to DVD. Yeah, yeah, straight to television, which is hilarious. The fact that they started out, like, this is the next Twilight, guys. You, you think The Hunger Games is good? Check out my Virgin. And now they're, like, shoved onto TV. And their stars pulled out as well. Shailene Woodley says she's not going to be on a TV show. Except she is. Um, so, fun fact. Um, the first film uh, has... 247 f-words and 33 kills and the second film has 136 f-words and 59 kills so the bloodier the film gets the less sweary it gets <laughs> it's a deal Troy Duffy made with his conservative father he's like <laughs> right fine I won't put as many f-words but I'm putting wait no he would put yeah. less blood as well no more blood yeah more yeah blood. I think so yeah. yeah he's like fine dad I'll put less F words in he's like <laughs> I'll show him fuck my dad because <laughs> Troy of course, of course Troy Duffy hates his dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> with the Rocco character barely appearing in the second film I think that accounts for a lot of the uh, drop off in F words uh, they just kind of shoehorned him in because I feel like Troy Duffy probably owed David Del Rocco five bucks and he said you know I'll, I'll let you be in a scene if you don't make me pay you back which character was that remind me I didn't take in any of their names. Rocco was the uh, sidekick guy yeah, in the, the first the film. Crazy guy in the first film. Oh, the funny man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, funny man. <laughs> and then, oh, he's in the second one as well. Yeah, he's got yeah, a couple briefly, of weird yeah. scenes. Yeah. Um, and he gets a strange flashback scene. Yeah. Yeah. He sure does. <laughs> Along with everything, every other flashback scene in the movie. So that flashback scene, I think, really, uh, it kind of encapsulates if you want to see how bad the editing is which AJ was already talking about just watch the end of that flashback scene where Rocco has his little speech about men don't cry men don't pout they punch you in the jaw and say 30 second pause while the guy skates up from the back he's like oh shit I missed my cue and he has to start skating up and then he finally finishes the poem saying thanks for coming out after this huge delay this might be the first um, franchise we've done on this podcast where I want to tell our listeners definitely watch this film or these films because yeah. you need to understand us talking about them doesn't do it justice yeah I, I feel like the more I think of, having slept on it I think I can I could kind of enjoy the Boondock Saints now mm. but especially after watching the second one I'd be like oh it could be worse yeah yeah <laughs> this, this sort of like imagine imagine Fight Club uh, but without like the nuance and that's yeah, what these movies the subtlety. are it feels like it's supposed to be the next well it came out the same year as Fight Club but in, in the same vein as Fight Club like in, in terms of it's cult classic following and things like that but it's just and like about masculinity yeah yeah but it's like Fight Club got like has reached as far as it has because it was both a movie about like raw masculinity and like a smart 
movie with something to say and <laughs> I don't know what the Boondock Saints is trying to say that boys don't cry like what, yeah. what is the overlying message uh, underlying message on Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. On the Boondock Saints movies. What do you think? I imagine that somewhere in the world there is a good version of this film mm. that got made originally mm. and then uh, this was like a loving shot for shot remake of that film without <laughs> any of the emotional impact. <laughs> That's exactly what this film feels like. It feels like a shitty remake of a good film. <laughs> but yeah, I've never seen they, they missed one. the point and it was like, people liked the F word and the shooting <laughs> in the first film. Let's just put yeah. that in. So, um, we're basically going to make the Irish Punisher with more comedy scenes and uh, we're going to hire the guy from the Comedy Central roast to do the editing which I would not have believed was a real thing unless you had told me that do you think, do you think um, Troy Duffy he came home from filming and said to his brother Taylor one day Taylor I've got him and he was like who do you mean he's like the editor of the Comedy Central <laughs> I've got him he's going to edit the film and they, they just got smashed that yeah night. yeah they, I, also, oh, I forgot such a massive it's like the storyline of the documentary overnight so Troy Duffy was in a band mm-hmm. called The Brood um, and so they're exactly what you would expect of like a band like from what you know about Troy Duffy is exactly what you'd expect his band to be like he managed to sign a deal where not only does he get to like his script The Boondock Saints get made he gets to direct it and his band gets to do the soundtrack so he, he organized this deal and then it was like uh, Troy man you gotta care about the band like the whole time and then he um, was he in a band with Disco Stu from the summer <laughs> yes Disco <laughs> Stu and Taylor his brother <laughs> but he um, eventually um, so I think there's two songs by The Brood on the soundtrack they didn't end up getting to do the whole soundtrack but um, they changed their name to The Boondock Saints and released an album which sold 690 copies. <laughs> <laughs> to put that into perspective, uh, the Ken Bone t-shirt sold 86,000 copies. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so funny. Sorry, our, our phone's falling over here. Did you did you receive any any money from that just out of interest? Well, just that one T-shirt deal I did. There was like hundreds of other things, like with my face on coffee mugs and socks and stuff that I didn't get any of. But that one T-shirt company that I worked with, we sold about eighty six thousand of them. That's amazing. I don't know if you ever saw this, Ken, but here in New Zealand, um, about about six years ago, a guy was um, pushed to, to to meme meme lord fame, similar to you, in a video that we call Nick Minute. Um, and it was it was a professional skateboarder that no one knew about in New Zealand until this video was released. Real ugly dude. <laughs> like, that's his main defining feature. He's got he has alope- alopecia. alopecia, so he's got no hair. He's got like gappy teeth, and he's standing there shirtless on a footpath. And he goes, "Lift my scooter outside the dairy, 
Next minute, and it goes down to his scooter and it's missing the handle, so it just looks like a skateboard. It's broken in half. Yeah, it's broken in half. So next minute is still to this day used um, in New Zealand. And similar situation, his next minute was put on shirts and coffee mugs and he received no money for it. And there's like an interview on 2020 or something where he's... Like 60 minutes. Yeah, where he's, he's like crying. (laughs) <laughs> talking about how he, he didn't receive any of the money. I came very, very close to not getting the dime of any of that. But wow. uh, Darren Ravel, the uh, ESPN commentator, yeah, <laughs> uh, he got he got my phone number somehow. I do not know how, but he's a very, very nice guy. Like he just wants to help folks out. Yeah. And he's like, hey, people are selling shirts with your face on them. I know a guy that makes shirts. You should make them, and that way you get some of the money. I'm like, okay, Darren, get you. Famous celebrity. Thanks for looking up my phone number. <laughs> so he really hooked me up. He's a great guy. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting because a lot of people could just see like, oh, Ken Bones making shirts with his own face on them. Oh, what an, what an egotistical. But it's like it is that kind of thing. Like you've got to, if someone's making money off your face, it may as well be you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gave 10% of the money to charity. I really doubt any of the people who stole my image did that. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I've got I've got to admit something to you, Ken. Um, <laughs> I actually dressed up as you for Halloween last year. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't I didn't I didn't make any money so I couldn't <laughs> basically my work was like AJ dress it cuz I'm I'm kind of like the youngest guy at my work and so everyone was like AJ dress up for Halloween and I was like no. <laughs> like what are you I'm not going to wear a costume into the office. And um and then But you had a red sweater. I have a red sweater and I had a beard and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'll just shaved my beard and goes Kimbo because it was right around the time that um, <laughs> you you appeared on all our screens um, and, and, and in our hearts so yeah I, I just wanted to admit that to you but I, if I made any money I would be giving it to you now <laughs> I didn't I promise oh, that's, that makes me very happy <laughs> yeah, the, uh, there, was, there were several companies out there selling the sexy Ken Bone outfit it was like a crop top <laughs> I, it was sold out. I tried to buy one for myself. I was going to put pictures on my Twitter of me wearing it. That would have lost me 100,000 followers, but it would have been pretty funny. Cause I saw your um, Obi-Wan Ken Boney. That was great. I was very happy with that. That's still like the number one post of all time on the uh, pictures subreddit. Yeah. What is it? Um, it's it's, Obi- it's um, Ken Bone dresses Obi-Wan on, for Halloween. And Obi-Wan. He's like, here it is, Obi-Wan Ken yeah. Boney. And wearing the whole like Ken Bone get up with the sweater and all that, and then a Jedi robe over it and a lightsaber. I'm Obi Wan Ken Boney. It's it's interesting that you, you're like obviously our listeners can't see this, but you're actually wearing a, a blue shirt uh, today. Um, but that's sort of interesting. It's sort of like how Bart Simpson wears blue shirts in like all the promos, but an orange shirt in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's what's. Well, uh, the red sweater is pretty much retired. It's only for charity events, yeah. and plus, it's uh, it's mid spring here in the northern hemisphere. It's quite warm out. <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't expecting you to wear it. Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> um, do you do you get a lot of messages from people asking you to be on their shit? I I think this is the first podcast I've done in about a week, but usually <laughs> I do one or two every week. It's uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's good. like yeah. Thanks. For anything that can get us just a couple more clicks is always good. <laughs> I assume Kim Bone is good clickbait. Probably better clickbait some months so. ago, but probably still good clickbait yeah. now though. Still, still better than, than oh, AJ yeah. and Richard. <laughs> During the height of it, I was on like 
somehow people were putting my face on those uh, spam ads for credit scores and crap. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to do with credit scores, but hey, you know, that's how you know you're really famous when you're getting used for spam. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Alright, well, um, <laughs> the franchise. Yeah. Um, so there is a, um, a Boondock Saints 3 somewhere in production. Um, it's been in and out. So the fil- oh, the initial film as well kind of did badly because of it was came out a month after Columbine and so no one really wanted oh, to yeah. touch it. Um, uh, like after like each kind of mass murder, like mass shooting in the US, um, he... Troy Duffy's like, yeah, I'm working on it, whatever. Yeah, it's delayed now, whatever. <laughs> and then um, apparently Norman Reedus and um, Sean Patrick Flattery are like, yeah, we'll drop anything to do it. Which is interesting, because uh, Norman Reedus um, refu- turned down a role in Tomorrowland because he didn't want to cut his hair. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I don't think, actor. I, yeah, I don't think of Norman Reedus's hair either. Well, no, because in, in The Walking Dead, it's gotten so long. Yeah, but... And he's like, The Walking Dead is my life, I'm not cutting right, hair. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's fair enough, though. If you've... You're an actor, and the only thing you've really been in is like a tumultuously received <laughs> series, uh, like two two series of films, a uh, series of two films. Then, and then you suddenly become what many people consider to be the best character in a TV show. Yeah, you'd probably be like, "Wow, I don't want to cut my hair for this." Yeah, for what was probably a small role in yeah. Tomorrowland. Like, do you watch The Walking Dead, Ken? Oh yeah, it's uh, Daryl's probably my favorite character. I love Norman Reedus, uh, and. You know, despite the fact that Boondock Saints were objectively terrible movies, apparently he had a great time making them. Like he and yeah. John Patrick Flannery are great friends, mm-hmm. and he seems willing to make the third one just as a, at the drop of a hat because yeah. he had so much fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I got to respect that. that they had fun. Yeah, fun. So much fun, he forgot the accent a couple times, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay, Norman. <laughs> it was one of the worst rotating accent films I've ever seen. Yeah, we were, and like the, uh, um, the chick in the second one, the, the the police detective, her accent's all over the place. Hers was all over the place. The uh, the old man throwing urinal cakes into the uh, in the bathroom in the first one yeah. that used to be the mafia boss. He started out as Russian and moved swiftly through Italian. And then I got like a hint of Greek, maybe by the end of the same sentence, it was really bad. There's, it's funny with with Norman. There's like a few. I bet the trailer would have been edited together to just pick out all the times when he actually does the accent. Yeah, yeah. Because like Sean Patrick Flattery is the most Irish name ever. Yeah. So he's presumably Irish. Norman but, Reedus is a pretty Irish name. Not as Irish yeah, as Sean yeah. Patrick Flattery. But he's um. But yeah, Norman Reedus just being like um. Like, yeah, occasionally he'd, he'd do that. And we were talking about, like, I wonder if the director was like, do you want to maybe just, should we do it again, Norman, and this time try doing the accent? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. Moving on. <laughs> do you think um, Troy Duffy is holding off making the third one until, like, he gets his dessert? Like, someone's not getting, like, do you want to make, no, not until you give me my dessert. And they're like, you have to have three more mouthfuls. <laughs> no! I... <laughs> I almost get the feeling that he's waiting and hoping that, like, the Daryl character will die, and that Norman Reedus's character—he's like Norman Reedus has a future after The Walking Dead, but yeah. Troy Duffy's hoping that he doesn't because he doesn't want to work with someone who's a bigger star than he is. Uh, yeah, he's gonna wait for Daryl to die, wait for Norman Reedus to make a series of terrible decisions regarding his career, and then he'll make Boondock Saints three. Yes, you but, kidding me? I'm Troy Duffy. I'm Troy Duffy. I made Boondock Saints, eh? 
Because it's Alan. The working title for Boondock Saints 3, though, is um, Boondock Saint, The Boondock Saints 3, Saints Preserve Us. Right. That's fine. Right. That's a fine. We haven't talked about titles. What do you think of the, what do you, what do you think of the title the, the title of these films and especially the sequel title? Ken? Well, I mean if you have to shoehorn the word saints into every film, <laughs> then I suppose you can't do much better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I don't have any, really anything to say about them. They're fine. They'd, yeah. I think I think the Boon, Boondock Saints is a very cool sounding title. Yeah, it is. Whether you know what it is or not. Yeah. Because um, probably Boondock, not the coolest part about the film. Boondocks, Boondock, I mean, obviously, yeah, we don't know too much about what the Boondocks are, but it sounds like yeah. uh, lower class. Yeah, yeah. Boondocks, I thought Boondocks referred to, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, you'd probably know better than, than us, but a Boondock is like like the Wop Wops here in New Zealand. Like the way out, like, do you want to go to this place? Oh, no, that's out in the boonies. Is that right? It's like... Uh, the- the boondocks is like the the segment of an urban area or a city that's mostly warehouses and industry and it's kind of grimy and run down but some people still live there in like cheap housing there you go so So, you go hang out at the cd bars over at the boondocks okay cool cool. and so that's in like a lot and a lot of areas would have a boondocks yeah that the meat packing plant where they worked in the first one and the loft housing where they live that would be the boondock area but the word boondocks never got mentioned one time in either of the two it's true. <laughs> yeah. And and they call them and the the midway through the first film they refer they like they call them the angels. And then by the end of the day, they just forget their yeah, name they're, the film. they're like, Yeah, the Saints. Who's calling them the Angels? <laughs> anyway, continue they, the they kept referring to what the press was saying. They said the press yeah, was calling yeah, yeah. them the Saints. But you never hear anything from a single member of the press one time outside <laughs> of the mob of reporters when they got released from jail yeah. and then the press is never mentioned again <laughs> so um yeah so we'll do, we'll do continue the franchise where we each pitch our own continuation of the the illustrious boondock saints franchise mm-hmm. so uh who would like to go first i can go first all I right kick us off. <clears throat> okay my boondock saints three idea is called the boondock saints versus god um, and in this movie, they, uh, the McManus, yeah. McManus brothers, they get killed, and they go to hell. Despite the fact they thought they were on a mission of God, from God, they find that actually no, you've been murdering a bunch of people. Uh, you go to hell for that. And so then they get real angry that they went to hell after after doing all the stuff for what they thought was God. And so the the the, the, the Boondock Saints. They take on their biggest um, enemy of all, God, and the movie is them fighting their way out of hell and going to heaven to fight God for sending them there. I can imagine the the like final scene or like the big climax. They'd actually have wings just yeah yeah out of their absolutely. Backs. And the best part is since they're dead, guess who turns up again? You got Billy Connolly. You got the funny man. That's yeah, it. true, true. All the bad guys they killed off, they're in hell. They've got to fight them again. Nice. There you go. Get all the extras back. Yeah, get all the, every single one of the extras. Ken Bone plays the devil. <laughs> no, Ken Bone, you play God. No. Um, <laughs> so you're the, the, the final big, boss. The bad, yeah. <laughs> That'd be the worst God ever. That'd be horrible. You have, you have playing God, you have George Burns and then Morgan Freeman and then Ken Bowen. That's a hell of a downgrade. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I don't know if it's it's outside of the reaches of what the Boondock Saints has become known for. So, 
I think. <laughs> I don't know if that was an insult to you or a compliment to Boondock Saints. Well, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like Boondock Saints would be would take itself too seriously. They would. Try, yeah. He'd be trying to get Morgan Freeman as God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sorry, Ken. I don't know if Troy Duffy is fun enough to cast you. Know you. Ken, you're too good for him. Well, I don't think so. You don't need him. <laughs> I don't think he would. But it does seem like the kind of film where you could get like me and the Star Wars kid and the Chewbacca mom. <laughs> we could get them all together. The Numa Numa guy. We could be. Um, yeah, we could be God's elite guard. The Nick Minute guy. He's in it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like each um, each country has their own one. It's one of those like in Zootopia or like. Um, Memetopia. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah, gets the, the, the layers of hell and one of them's memes. <laughs> and then so each, each country gets their own specific meme. So we get, in Australia and New Zealand, we get Nick Minnow. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Ken, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Uh, I'll go ahead and go next. I think uh, what the film is probably going to be, they alluded to at the end of the second one, uh, they're trying to move into like an angels and demons or... Uh, like the Da Vinci Code kind mm-hmm. of realm, being backed by the Catholic Church, despite the fact that uh, Paul Smecker is extremely gay <laughs> and the Boondock Saints are murderers, yeah. uh, they're going to get backed by the Catholic Church and uh, start going on missions for them. Mm. Uh, so I'm hoping for a guest spot from Tom Hanks, who is now the head of the task force <laughs> for uh, figuring out crazy biblical codes and then sending the Boondock Saints against the enemies of the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it'll be called the Boondock Saints Canonized because at the end they use a cannon to shoot a guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crossover film series we've all been waiting for. Tom Hanks from Da Vinci Code and the Boondock Robert Saints. Robert Langdon versus the... <laughs> That's it's great. great. Yeah, I like it. Alright, so mine... And uh, this week, I'm doing the silly one. Okay. So I... Both of ours are silly, kind of. Oh, okay. That's the silly one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my one is a TV show. And so they, they did talk about doing a Boondock Saints TV series at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mine's probably not what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's an animated series called The Boondog Saints. And it um, features <laughs> uh, two Irish dogs who get this, and this is a line from the first film, take a bite out of crime. <laughs> Um, and so it's just it's basically just the Boondock Saints doing their things except they're dogs which dogs are they? Uh, Irish Terriers they're both the same dog that feels like a they're twins but what, no, they're, they're, I don't know I don't even know if Irish Terriers are the type of dog <laughs> <laughs> they're both dogs they're both um, I don't know you can probably think of a, I can probably think of a hilarious pun can um, Willem Dafoe's Paul Smecker be a, like a, a hairless chihuahua? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're taking down all the cat bosses. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. So, I, I just, just, you, brought, you mentioned it. Like, the, the, um, this is unrelated to the Boondock Saints, but the, like, the, uh, the Numa Numa guy, the Star Wars kid. Have you, like, met these people? I haven't. Uh, I'm, I've considered starting my own podcast where I interview these folks and get their perspective on what it's like to be a meme. Dude! But, uh,. <laughs> It's it. tough to do because most people who like become memes hate it and don't want to talk about it. Mm. I think that's what made me kind of unique is I think it's fun and I have a good time with it. But most people get t- sick of all the attention and don't want to talk about it anymore. You're so much more than a meme though, Ken. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've, we've got to know you now and I can safely tell the world. I would recommend you to a friend. <laughs> Consider you a close personal friend. <laughs> I think it's safe to say we'd be. I'm telling you, this 
this guy who recommended the movie to me, he's the kind of guy who not only has a katana, but will explain to you that it's not just any katana. This is a battle-ready katana. <laughs> um, I, I feel like you they, can ruin somebody's day with this baby. <laughs> their podcast is a great idea, but maybe like the ones that have abandoned the meme status because it's you approaching them. Yeah. Like you know, they're you're like, I, I've I've been with you, I'm with you, brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, talk to me, and like even just coming on as a. Um, as a vehicle to talk about how much you hate it. Mm. That's a great idea, Ken. Ken, um, you could probably get um, Scumbag Steve pretty easily. I've heard he's a pretty chill guy in real life. Good guy, Greg. He's yeah. yeah. Good, good guy. guy, Greg, a dirt. He's a good guy. Yeah. Good guy, Greg. Yeah, like all of my best ideas, somebody on the internet gave it to me, so. What would you call it? I don't know. Uh, I haven't gotten really far yet other than thinking like, wow, that would be neat. And then playing video games instead of working on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's cool, man. Um, What's like the... There's obviously this whole experience has been surreal for you, but what's been like the most like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening moment? Well, uh, I was walking the red carpet at uh, the premiere of Doctor Strange in Hollywood, uh, which was pretty bizarre. Walking into the El Capitan Theater, and like hundreds of photographers are like, "Can over here, over here!" And I don't know how that works. I don't know how they, you know. Uh, I guess real stars just kind of like flash a pose and then flash another pose, and they do three or four, and then they move on. Well, I was actually like trying to respond to everybody that was yelling at me. I was like, what, 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 what? So there's about 50 pictures of me just going, buh? <laughs> some photographer should throw away, I'm, I'm sure. That's awesome. You're like, what, what's, who's, the, who's the most famous person you've met with your, with your status? Uh, well, probably my favorite person I met was uh, Anderson Cooper. He really is the nicest guy in the news media. He's really cool. Yeah, no, he's cool. He's really cool. He seems like a cool guy. We don't really get much of him over here. No, we're we're very disconnected from um from society. Can you do a um a New Zealand accent, Ken? Well, uh, at the risk of being insensitive, you know, I can try a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not the easiest. You know, uh, it, it's you know sometimes it gets a little upsetting. Uh, thinking about how I was on television with my receding hairline. Uh, <laughs> It's good. That's yeah, good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably probably on par with with Gus's one from yeah. from the other week. Right, <laughs> right. There's a real good accent video. <laughs> Not that you necessarily want to learn how to do the <laughs> accent, but there's a real good one online. And the best advice I heard, and it, it's sort of like um, a New Zealand accent is you just take the vowels out of every word. So instead of um, writing with a pen, you write with a with a pin. Pin. Right with a pin. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And what was your um? Before, before, obviously, now you know a little bit about New Zealand. <laughs> um, what 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 is your kind of image of New Zealand? Well, uh, probably like almost everyone else on Earth, uh, yeah. that the Lord of the Rings is there. That, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Australia is full of terrifying monsters. Yeah. yeah. And, They're called Australia. Uh, New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> New Zealand is like the the beautiful neighbor that doesn't have terrifying hell spiders. It has wonderful rolling landscapes instead. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got orcs. Yeah, those are pretty scary. We've got the urukai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, given the choice between urukai and huntsman spiders, that's a tough one. For me. That's... 
It's good. My God. <laughs> jack jumper ants. No thanks. If Sauron had an army of jack jumper ants, he would have won. Yeah. That's like if Spider Man could actually control spiders. Yeah. Head. There'd, you know, there'd be no crime. <laughs> like not even not even just in the comic book world. There'd be yeah. like there'd be that, that that slight chance to like Oh, I'm not going to try just in case he's real. <laughs> Spider-Man the horror movie. Yeah. Kill. Spider-Man eight-legged freaks. <laughs> okay, so um, before... Oh, well, another thing we do, Ken, our other, kind of only other segment is uh, Franchise Roulette, mm. where we choose our next... Um, randomly choose our next um, franchise. So what we'll get you to do... You don't have to do this one. Uh, yeah, no, you, you don't have to watch this with us, Ken, but we'll, we will get you to uh, pick a number for us at random uh, between... Uh, one and about four. What is it? One and two hundred eighty-six. All right, I'll go with uh, one twenty-four. One twenty-four. I was going to say one, which would have been cheaper by the dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so one twenty-four is Disney's The Jungle Book, which is um, (laughs) the original animated, the sequel to it, which came out some sixty years later or something, and the live-action remake. Okay. An interesting choice. Interesting choice, Ken. Interesting choice. Thank you, Ken, for, for the Jungle Book. <laughs> no problem. Um, hey, Ken, uh, is there anything you want to plug? I mean, we're we not exactly a big podcast, but we like we like to give our our, our guests, you know, a time to, to say what like. Oh well, uh, I'm at Kenbone18 on Twitter. If you want to follow me, cool. uh, at Kenbone18, and uh, the only really businessy interest I still have. Uh, is uh, it's all for charity it's the St. Patrick Center you can check them out at St. Patrick Center or stpatrickcenter.org mm-hmm. it's a homes first uh, homeless initiative uh, here in St. Louis in the Midwest so if, uh, if you care about the homeless you can learn a lot about how you can help them in your own area or you can financially support the homeless shelter here in St. Louis it's awesome and I like that it's an Irish sounding <laughs> <laughs> charity to fit the boondock sounds yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're the, you're the first uh, first guest to um, to try and make the world a better place with their phone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is just like follow me on Instagram. Um, and if you want to find, <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> feels dumb plugging our own stuff after like a charity. But yeah, yeah. If you want to find uh, Cop Popture <laughs> online, uh, this is to our listeners, not necessarily to you, Ken. But you're, you're welcome to <laughs> yeah, subscribe. Check it out. Um, you can find us mainly on YouTube and Facebook and soundcloud and itunes um we don't just do podcasts we do little videos every now and then as well um and on the on the off weeks of film franchise fortnights we yeah we, we do another and that goes exclusively to soundcloud slash itunes and not on youtube um you can also email us at copopture gmail no, at gmail.com uh, and we're on twitter copopture all that sort of thing so check us out check Kim Bone out if you haven't already yeah <laughs> follow him on Twitter and like I'm genuinely looking forward to your meme podcast Kim. yeah that's we're gonna we're gonna call you up every six months and make sure you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> if you actually cause you um you did that interview with, on H3H3 right yeah with Ethan uh, he's a fantastic guy yeah, uh, yeah, yeah he's the same off camera as he is on <laughs> oh awesome. yeah man he's yeah if you can if you can tell him about the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say that he probably knows a, a few more memes. You could probably go through him to get people on your yeah. on your podcast. Uh, yeah, he definitely knows. Yeah, I'll probably start with uh, 
Yeah, maybe maybe start with Humongous since I got the, uh, the in yeah. with him there. Exactly. Yeah, him the being his running mate in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, no, that, that um, actually actually did, did, did some good stuff with you. Was, mm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff, man. Cool. We'll cool. be back in um, two yeah, weeks. Yes, we'll be back in two weeks talking about the Jungle Book. Um, Ken, if you just stay on the line, we'll have a, a wee... Don't post. hang up, but stop recording. <laughs> we post. All right. Thanks, Ken. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on the podcast. You bet. Happy to be here. And uh, and goodbye to our listeners. You, you guys as well. <laughs> <laughs>